biggest games. The biggest events. Wow, the crowd is on their feet. The biggest stories. This is what you signed up for, Seth. I thought it was just in the game. Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the ESPN Esports Podcast. I'm Rachel Gu, and I'm joined by Jacob Wolf on the desk today and our lovely podcast producer, Trika. Um, not behind the glass for once. And today we have a special guest who probably needs no introduction, Loco Doco. How you doing, Loco? Hey, Rachel. I'm doing great. Um, yeah, like, I'm just here chilling. <laughs> All right, great. Um, but seriously, for those of you who might not know, Loco is the current coach for Goldcoin United, a challenger team, and he's coached for Team Liquid before, as well as TSM. And you've even done some dabbling in content creation, right, Loco? Uh, yeah, and I also used to be on desk with ESPN. How's that? How about that? <laughs> yeah, I remember those days. That was fun. Yeah, um, Loco was at our desk for Worlds last year, which was really cool. He was one of our esteemed analysts uh, on the ESPN Esports desk throughout Worlds, so yeah. that was, was good. And he even filmed a segment with Michelle Beadle, which was super cool. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I started watching Sports Nation a lot more after that. Michelle Beadle is cool. I wish I knew a little bit more about um, sports before I met her, but yeah. That was pretty dope. Oh, don't sell yourself short. I know you're a um, Panthers fan, Cam Newton fan, right? Uh huh. Were you a Panthers fan before or after the Super Bowl? Um, before I was a Panthers fan during that season. Okay, that's, okay. That's <laughs> Wait, you have to tell everyone why you're a Panthers fan. Otherwise, people are just gonna think it's random. Well, I because Cam is a beast, and I I like Panthers. Um, their uniforms are cool. Uh, John Rivera is cool, I guess. Um, but Cam Newton, like he seemed like he was someone that was very good, and also that really just is charismatic. And when you watch him and you see people talk about him, it's just yeah, what's not to like? True. I'm a, I'm a Bulldogs fan and a Falcons fan, so Cam Newton and and my teams don't necessarily get along. But you know, we'll, we'll oh, you're a Falcons fan. Holy. <laughs> The Super Bowl must have been painful for you. Yeah, and a couple weeks ago on 328 was not too fun either. So it's okay. <laughs> and, and the Boston Marathon sign this this week with the guy that was that was trying to motivate people with the 328 sign. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, well we've got a Kill really me. packed podcast lineup today um, because it's finals week. Um, not that kind of finals week, but League of Legends finals week. <laughs> it's probably the other kind of finals week in some universities as well, considering yeah. where we are. Yeah, that's why I had calendar. to make the clarification. Um, um, but we're going to be talking about the NALCS finals along with the LCK finals, uh, with the winners of each region getting a coveted spot at the midseason invitational. Which actually means something this time, which is good. So, you know, more <laughs> right. motivation. That's good to know. Well, let's jump right in. Um, we have Cloud9 versus TSM, which feels like a really nostalgic matchup because this is TSM's ninth final and their opponent is Cloud9, and it's just a matchup as old as time. And. They meet in almost every final except and, that one where CLG took and down. Cloud Nine, Cloud Nine has been in six out of the eight finals that they could have made. They and, weren't they weren't eligible for that ninth final yes. because they weren't they weren't even in the <laughs> That's series. A good point. But they've been in six of the eight ones that they were capable of getting to. So. Right. And before we dive into the matchup, um, Loco, were these two teams that you expected to see in the finals heading into the spring split? Um. Yeah. Heading into spring split, I thought TSM and. Cloud9 would be the strongest teams, and they were. 
I guess the only surprise like throughout the whole of Spring Split is how good FlyQuest and P1 was. I mean, FlyQuest was good, but they didn't even leave a dent. And nor did FlyQuest. So I think overall, like, Spring Split was pretty predictable. Like, the, I guess, like, the end of Spring Split, like, how it would end and who would play in finals was pretty predictable. And it was a pretty, like, boring split overall with, like, the two favorites just meeting. Interesting. I didn't think boring would be the word to describe it, but... Um, yeah, it's... I, okay, it, in terms of things that happen, it was fun, but in terms of, like, end result and, like, looking back on the split, I don't think people will be like, wow, this split was, like, so unpredictable, and um, who knew, like, Cloud9 and TSM would meet again. Right. Yeah, and you've coached two of these teams that are on very opposite ends of the spectrum. You've coached TSM, who is now another finalist, and then you've coached Liquid, who uh, is was at the very bottom. Was that your expectation coming into the split of your former teams? Um, well, I knew TSM would do well because the only change they made was switching out Double for Turtle and just their whole infrastructure and the other players they have around are too good for... And t- it's not like Turtle's a pushover either, so I definitely thought they would do well. And as for Liquid, um, during the offseason, once they got rain over, I thought they would do well. Um, I didn't think they were going to be as good as what other people were saying, where they'd be uh, like a contender for the title. But I didn't think they would do this badly either. Right. I definitely didn't think we'd be playing them in promotions. Right. And um, TSM is sort of a dynastic monster when it comes to the finals. What can we attribute their consistency to? Um, they're just really ahead of the league right now in terms of infrastructure. And also, they had Bjerg. Which I think having Bjerg and Andy is such a huge thing. Like Bjerg is a leader out of game and leader in game also. And he's also the best NA mid, and he's also he can he's also selfless and he's mature. He sets a good example, and I think that's huge for the team. Having your best player also be a really really good teammate, and I think it's something a lot of teams struggle with. And TSM like has that like just done and out. So any new player coming into TSM or any players on TSM, um, it's kind of hard to act up when your best player is. Bjergsen, and he's just a really good example, and your boss is Andy, so just the system they have set up and how it's going, I think is, um, yeah, it's pretty great. <laughs> and Hanser, uh, from from me watching, I, I think Hanser kind of showed that he was a little more dynamic than a lot of people gave him credit for before the season. Uh, he obviously had some really uh, tremendous games, and I don't think he was ever considered bad but i think people considered him almost to be a little bit of just like a tank player um somewhere in kind of balls but better uh what do you think about yeah. kind of his improvement throughout the split well hunter is playing with bjergsen and hunter was also playing with double so he was um the, he was like the third fiddle in a way like he's a he's the third person getting the resource so he didn't have a lot of room to carry or a lot of room to shine or even to shot call really because if you're on a team with Bjergen double, um, there's not really a lot of space left over and a lot of resource left over for someone to do something, and you will probably get pushed into a role-player role. And on Gravity, like I don't think Hunter was really like motivated player or a really... Um, the environment around him like, really didn't foster that. And being on TSM, I think he became more and more motivated to be the best. And with WF taking a step back for his foot, there was a lot of space for him to grow. And he really grew into it, and he really stepped up to the plate. I think 
he was a player with a lot of potential on gravity, and he was a player that showed that he could be a good role player on the old TSM roster with double F. And on this new roster, he had a chance to step up and be a shot caller and be one of the um, crucial like players leading them into the next finals. And yeah, he stepped up to the plate for that. Right. And on the other side of the rift, we have Ray and Impact, who have been kind of switching out um, depending on whatever play style Cloud9 wants to adhere to. Um, who's going to be the key piece to Cloud9's victory? Or, like, what are their win conditions between these two top laners? Um, I mean, for Impact, Impact really likes a traditional team fighting style, um, very um, strong 5v5 comp. And Ray is more of a, he's more of a um, risky, uh, aggressive player with, like, his pocket job and pick. And, like, just the champion thing plays and how he plays. Like, he just plays really aggressive, and he plays to make plays. So, if they have... But either way, like, whoever they have, I don't think their win condition will be top lane or should be top lane. I think it should mostly come from jungle. Between so, contracts and, and Spencerian, right? Yeah. Because the only place TSM has really looked shaky has been... Um, Sometimes bottom lane, but not so often enough where I would be like, hey, TSM bottom lane is a weakness. But more so with Sven. Sven didn't have the best season this split, and also his showing um, versus FlyQuest wasn't, like, I wouldn't say the best ever from Sven. So, and while Contracts had a really, really great showing versus P1, which uh, what I would argue is a much stronger team than uh, what FlyQuest was. So I think for Cloud9 to win, they really have to um, enable Jensen to be able to roam on Bjerg and get a lead on Bjerg. And I think most of that's going to be done through Jensen himself, his laning, which is really good. And also Contracts, who's been playing extremely well around Jensen. And he just played really well in the series versus P1. I was going to say, what do you think of Smoothie? Uh, you, you briefly coached him during your time on TL. Uh, what do you yeah. think about his improvement as a player now that he's on Cloud9 and has a little bit more of a, a different organization structure? I think Smoothie's killing it. I think he's been playing really well. Um, when I was working with Smoothie, he was very eager to learn, and he seemed like someone that would improve a lot and be a good player one day or another. And it just came a lot sooner than I expected. Um, you know that site where everyone uh, called BioFrost like a really good, uh, like the best support after Aframu or even the best support. Like I felt like it was so undeserving and so insulting for Smoothie for people to make those comments because Smoothie um, uh, BioFrost is playing on a team with he was playing on a team with Doublelift and three other of the like Sven was playing really well that split. Um, Hunter was playing great and. Bjergsen is Bjergsen, and he doesn't really have a lot of roles as a shot caller or a lot of roles to like really carry the bot lane when you're playing with Double F, who leaves a lot, and vice versa for Smoothie, who plays with Sneaky, um, who's been known to be a good ADC in lane, like not great, but good, and also someone that's not very vocal, but he knows like where he needs to be, and he knows how to do his job. The shoes that Smoothie has to fill on Cloud9 are a lot bigger than what people think of it, like who on Cloud9 is, like, known to be a shot caller? Like, Impact, sure. Jensen, not so really. Contracts, he's completely new. Sneaky, not really. The amount of shot calling burden that Smoothie carries on that team from just looking at how that team is structured and also seeing little clips, I think he carries a lot of the burden, and he 
does his role extremely well. So I think, yes, Moody is a really great player, and he's one of the core reasons why Cloud9 works as a team right now. Interesting. So the bot lane seems like there's a huge discrepancy between like Smoothie and Sneaky versus Turtle and um, Biolift. And I was just wondering, what is Turtle's role on the team? Like, what will he need to do to win? Um, I, <laughs> um, Turtle's role on the team. Hmm. I'll say Jason's role is win lane and make sure he doesn't get make sure bot lane doesn't get smashed so hard where the support starts roaming and affecting Sven Skarin, who's going to be in a very... Um, he's going to be in a very tough matchup already versus contracts, and if their bot lane starts losing and they get pushed in, and some of these guys roaming into their jungle and getting vision on them and making plays with contracts, it's going to be really bad for Sven. And also, mid lane matchup is super crucial and their bot lane, like Smoothie roaming and affecting Bjergsen, is going to be really bad for Bjergsen as well and the whole series overall. I wouldn't expect Turtle and Bio to like smash um, Sneaky and Smoothie, but as a coach, if I was on TSM shoes, I would expect them to hold their own and make sure bot lane isn't affecting other lanes outside of bot lane. All right, cool. So um, before we move on to the break, I want to get your final score predictions. Um, Loco, mm-hmm. what is your prediction? Uh, oh man, it's so hard because I'm not really sure like how they'll play on stage. And some people, some people, I guess most most of the players on both teams have played on big stages before and performed. Um, the only person that probably hasn't is uh, Contracts. So let's see. Damn. Um, okay, I guess my gut feeling would be that the TSM wins three to one. All right, Jacob. What about you? TSM wins three to two. All right. Um, I also think TSM is going to win, but I think they're going to win in a clean sweep. 3-0. Let's okay. go for it. Um, but for more esports content, you can check out ESPN.com slash esports. We're going to take a short break right now, but when we come back, we're going to be talking about the Korean Telecom War Finals between SKT and KT Rolster. Stay tuned. And we're back with the ESPN Esports Podcast. We have Loco on the phone, Jacob on the desk with me. And now we're going to move over to the other side of the pond with the telecom wars between SKT and KT Rolster. And before we get too lost in the weeds, um, I wanted to talk about KT Rolster for a little bit because they came into the spring split lauded as this amazing super team. Um, they had like Mata, Def, Pond, Sma, basically the perfect lineup you could think of. Um, but they weren't perfect. And I mean, Loco, what's up with them? Like, what do you think is holding them back? So I actually talked about this a lot when I was doing my content piece with Storin. They're a team with conflicting identities. Death and Mata, for pretty much their entire career, they've had players play towards them and had the team basically work around them. And they're very used to getting jungle pressure and being in control of the game and leading the team um, through winning the lane and playing through bot lane. And same thing for Smep. Like, Smep's always been the superstar, or he's been the superstar for his team for, like, the last two years. Uh, he's a very well-known carry player, and he's used to getting a lot of resource. And he's not really getting that on KT, and earlier in the season, we saw him struggling on tanks. Uh, Pawn, on the other hand, um, who's, like, he's a split between two side lanes who's get, requiring a lot of resource. And while Pawn isn't a player that needs a lot of resource, like, his play's been shaky, and not getting consistent jungle help and being able to play around something that 
like being able to play around the system that makes sense and that's consistent is really important for a player like him to function. And they just really haven't developed that system. And I think that's like the problem with KT to sum it up. Both top and bottom uh, wants the jungler to play towards them and wants the whole team to play towards them. And they're on opposite ends of the map, so that's not possible. And do you think it? Do you think super teams are actually possible when you have like this mix match of of star players, or do you think that you should kind of favor when you're building a team more into the fact of like SKT, where you have good players, uh, and then you have the like main superstar public facing a faker? But you like, do you think from a team building perspective that it's better to kind of work towards that method instead of just trying to pack in five great players who have had star studded careers? So I mean. It's a lot easier for a team to reach its maximum potential and like its ideal play style if it's very clear where the strong players are and where who else should be like role players. Like if it's that's very clear to the entire team, then you just play towards that and you're gonna be you're probably um not the best team in the world if it's that obvious and you have um glaring weaknesses, but you're gonna be a functioning team and you're gonna be able to play the playstyle that you need to. By having players like Smep and Death on the same team, like one person has to make the sacrifice and one person like they're just not used to doing that and they're just they didn't get to where they were because they were playing as role player. So I do think it's possible to have a super team. Like in every sense of the word, SKT is a super team. Like Faker, Wolf, Bang and Peanut and Huni on the same team is a super team. They just have a much clearer identity and a stronger coaching staff, and they just function better as a team because of that. So, yeah, I think super teams are possible, and I think having five really strong players on the roster is... Uh, having five superstar players on the roster can definitely work, but it's just a lot harder, and you need a coaching staff that has its head on straight, and that's very clear about how things are going to function. Okay, so speaking of super teams, so if this iteration of KT Rolster is going to play as is, do you think KT has basically already reached its peak in terms of being a super uh, team? Uh, I don't think they're anywhere close, and I don't think like they've really honed in on their identity and how they're going to play, how they're going to shot call, and who they're going to play towards. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think they're anywhere close to reaching their potential um, as like a super team. Okay, then let me ask think- you this. Um, so if we're heading into the matchup um, between SKT and KT, what are KT's win conditions like? Let's get let's get the bullet points of what they need to do to win. Well. They need to not get smashed. Paul needs to not get his head smashed in by Faker. I mean, he did really well with his crown, and that series actually gives me a lot more confidence for KT than um, I originally would have thought. Because I didn't, I did not expect them to do that well versus Samsung. Because I think Samsung, it, I in a lot of ways, I thought Samsung was a better team, but. Death and Mata stepping up and Pawn stepping up is really good because those were the areas they were lacking and those were the areas I think I thought they would have the biggest problem versus SKT. Wait, actually, so, before yeah. you go on, I have a question about that matchup. Um, yeah, I had no, I, I definitely did not predict that Samsung would lose 0-3. And um, before we move on, I wanted to ask if um, Samsung is, do you still consider Samsung the second best team in the LCK or do you think KT has already surpassed them? Due to the improvements that KT showed, that I'm got, I mean, they won 3-0, so it's really hard to say after you lose 3-0 to the team that you're better than that team. Um, so, yeah, I think um, KT is the second best, and they really cemented that with the 
their 3-0 victory over Samsung. What are the key matchups we should be looking towards when we head into this matchup? I think the bot lane matchup and the mid matchup are the most two important ones. And then after that, I would look at jungle also. Just how the bot lane stack up against each other is going to be um, very determined on like setting the like the pace of the series. Like whichever bot lane loses, um, those supports are very smart and know how to influence the rest of the map. And it's just going to open up the map so much in terms of setting up dives for bot lane and in terms of affecting mid. And why mid matchup is so important. Like Pawn showed that he can do well with a really great mid when he played with his crown. I think SKT is going to be a lot, and I think a lot of that was from bot lane winning, by the way. Like, Ruler and Core JJ got their head smashed in by um, Death and Mata, and I don't think SKT is going to have the same problem. So maybe if Pawn isn't getting the same kind of help from his jungle and his support, he won't have as great of a time versus Faker as he did versus Crown. So, yeah, I guess bot lane is the single most important matchup and how bot lane plays out is going to affect the rest of the map. Uh, but most importantly, like how it's going to affect mid and how Pawn's going to hold up versus Faker are my key pointers for um, that match. And where do you think the weakness is on KT? Where do you think that SKT can exploit to, to get themselves an advantage? Uh, most definitely mid, because it's, I mean, you have Faker on the team. And while Pawn did have a really great series versus Samsung, if you had like a pretty garbage split throughout the entire uh, spring split and also shaky matchups versus MVP um, in the playoffs, I think I don't think that one Samsung series like redeems him completely. And I think Pawn is the glaring weakness on KT, barring their, um, hey, which side do we play towards, top or bottom? All right, well, let's move on to our final score predictions. And I will go first. And I think SKT is going to win this matchup. In another clean sweep, 3-0. And honestly, I just really want to see Faker take down Pawn because it honestly feels like yesterday when people were still making accusations that Pawn was a better mid laner than Faker, and I hold that grudge ever since. Jacob, what about you? SKT 3-1. Loco, what about you? Um, I'm going to have to agree with Jacob and say SKT 3-1. All right, cool. Um, Well, we're all out of time now, but thank you, Loco and Jacob, for joining me. And thank you, Tarika, for making the podcast happen. For more esports coverage, you can check out ESPN.com slash esports, or you can follow us on Twitter at ESPN underscore esports, at Rachel Youngu, at Jacob and Wolf. You can follow our guest, LocoDoco, at LocoDoco, and Tarika at Sports underscore. Thanks for listening to the ESPN Esports Podcast.